Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Mike and the Mad Dog, Sports Radio 66, WFAN. Hi, Mike and the Mad Dog along the way, hour number five here on the Yes Network, WFAN. Nice to have you aboard, taking it right until 620. Been a feisty show today, Peter Lavalette fired. As the head coach of the New York Islanders, that's been a big theme. Derek Jeter named Yankee captain another one. But here's Mike Milbury, the Islander general manager, who joins us here on Sports Radio 66. Mike, Chris, and Mike, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? Good to say hello again, guys. How are you? Mike, you've been the topic of conversation most of our day, so we didn't expect it to be that way, but it is. Uh, so the first reason, the first thing I would say is two years, two playoff runs for a young coach that you brought in. Why the change? Well, you know, it's it's uh, you know we are results oriented business, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about in terms of making the playoffs, particularly after we had one owner after another and the kind of run that we had, and going from a 15 million dollar payroll to to respectability in terms of economics. There's there's certainly reason to to be critical of the decision based on that. But if you'd been Around the team and seen the team, uh, I think you would have seen by the end, and certainly in the last 25 games of the season, a lack of cohesion and a lack of identity. And uh, there was there's a standard I hold a team and, and a coach to, and myself, that if the team has got some talent and then they play with conditioning and motivation and and uh, and discipline, that we're going to win our fair share of games. And I think by that criteria, we failed miserably. I think in the last 25 games or so, we came out flat in a good percentage of them. I think we won six of our last 22. We won our last home game in the first week of March. Um, there were issues when talking to the team generally and, and in the group that they were concerned about those areas. But th- those are correctable in, in many ways. Dis- discipline and conditioning being the easy one, motivation being the tougher one. But the reason that I felt that a change was necessary right now was I think that the line of communication between the coach and the players had snapped. And when that break occurs, it is it is a very difficult, if not impossible, thing to recover from. Uh, I tried over the last six weeks to to find a way or to find an answer that would lead me to giving Peter a, you know, a fresh start with this. And, and, you know, in talking to Peter, and we did several times in the last couple of weeks, you know, he was concerned if he thought I'd lost the team or he'd lost the team that he would be sitting there at a lame duck and the players would be looking over their shoulder as soon as we hit the first bump in the road. And that might very well be true. Um, and, and ultimately, I felt that that breakdown in communication was enough of an issue, and it is, generally speaking, probably the single most common factor for relieving a coach of his responsibilities, that it was enough of a factor to make this change. Mike, how are you still the GM? Um, well, You have Chris, done a, you have, let's be fair, you, you, you got to say it the way it is. You have not done a good job here. And yet uh, you continue to hire and fire coaches. Your drafting is pathetic. 
You have not done a good job you're, with your you're, trades, you're, and, uh, you're, and you're continually Chris, sitting Chris, that seat. A- ask the question that okay. makes Why sense. Why is it the mean, GM? Because in the last two years, since Charles Wong got here, we've made the playoffs two years. You know, three years he's been here, we've made a dramatic swing. Uh, we've acquired significant talent in Alexi Ash and Michael Pekka, Adrian O'Coin, Chris Osgood before he was about to become unrestricted as a free agent. Um, we've drafted well enough with guys like Conley or Payette to acquire a guy like Pekka. Uh, and we're now in a position where we're in the, uh, in the playoff run uh, two years in a row. And for that, you know, I guess that's how I've kept my job. Now, if you have other criticisms, yeah, I do. happy I'm, to answer the question. I mean, well, you know, just you, ask you, the question. Uh, you Chris, to, if you, you want to, if, if I want to. Let me ask opinion. the question. Good. Let me, can I ask the question? Good. You've drafted three, you've, you've acquired three goalies. That's like picking three picks and quarter, uh, three quarterbacks and all of, you know, we don't know about DiPrieto yet, but all of the first two have failed. And you have drafted three uh, of them. Let's let's go. How, how in the world names. are you still sitting here? Wait, let's go to specific names, Chris. What are you talking well, about? Well, for sure, you, you got him. How Eric did that work Fischel out? was here when I got here. Eric didn't you Fischel, trade? Didn't Eric Fischel was uh, you know a nice try and never amounted to anything in this organization or anything else. He's a great kid. He was a good try. Would have been great if we had, had, had turned it around with him. The neck, the the pick that we had was. Roberto Luongo, which proved to be a very good pick, actually. Right. Uh, but at the time, we were so busy shuffling assets around. We had a young goaltender. We opted to make a significant trade uh, with Mark Parrish, who's been a 30-goal scorer, and Oleg Kavasha, who we hope will turn around and be a 60-point player. And if he does, then we got what we wanted. If we didn't, then, then we've made a mistake. How about but all we these? Knew what we, how about all these nine? How about the, all these great players that the Islander organization? You can't chalk it up all to money. Whether it's no, a no, coffee, a Bartuzzi. How come all these guys are all-star seasons for other teams and not for the Islanders? Well, I mean, you don't turn it around overnight, and we scurried around trying to trying to find a way to compete at a low-end budget. But when we were given a chance to do it. I think pretty quickly we put it in order to be respectable. We're not satisfied to be mediocre, trying to get to a point where we're, we're certainly competing at a higher level. We have a young goaltender we think has got a very bright future with Ninema O'Coin, Hammerlick, uh, Janssen. We have a top four defense that is arguably is, you know, I pick a number, is one of the top defenses in the league. Ninema just joined us at the end of the year. I think it'll be easier to see that when when uh, the team gets together in September. Um, we so, we're gonna pre- be, so we're going to base your career as an under general manager really on the, on the last two years and the last two years solely? Well, you can base it anything on you want. You asked me while I was still here, and I'm saying that because we've had a dramatic improvement in point totals in the last couple of seasons. Well, that's, and, but the coach who was part of that point totals is no longer here. No question. There is no question that he was part of it. And he's part of the problem that revealed itself at the end of the year, part of a problem that I deemed, uh, if not insurmountable, so, so large that it was going to set us back and put him at jeopardy uh, you know, early on and would make it easy for the team to do what they did at the end of the year, which was to tune him out. Mike, let me uh, go back to that for a second, okay? And we'll sure. get you know, this other stuff we can get back to. Uh, don't get back to it because I want to get back to the Lavalette thing. Sure. You take a hit for bringing in a coach two years ago 
who you believed in, and now it broke apart. Did you and Lavalette break apart? Um, Did you lose confidence in Lavalette? It was not so much that I, I, I think my, my problem was this. When Peter got here, we made a bunch of acquisitions, and I basically said, Peter, Jesus, just get us to the playoffs. I don't care how you do it, play a trap, play aggressive, do whatever, you know, and I, and I let him run with it, and, and he did. We had, a, we had a funny first year with Peter. He, we were brilliant out of the gate. If you'll recall, we, we flatlined in the middle and finished okay. We had a great, a great series against uh, Toronto. So, so far, so good for year so one. So good. He, gets a, we, he, gets a, we, he gets a passing grade for year one. That's right. Now, and, year and, two, tell me what happened. We had certain concerns against Toronto. You saw the degree of physical play. We acquired a Weimer, a veteran tough player. We acquired an Aaron Asham. We thought we addressed, we acquired a, a defenseman that he liked in Tamander. We thought we bolstered positions that we needed to bolster. We came out of the gate, and uh, the goaltending was no good. It's the opposite effect of what happened last year. And by November, we were dead last in the league. I mean, literally dead last in the league. And at that point, Peter was feeling some heat and, you know, wondering, you know, wondering about the situation. And it was at that point that, that uh, Charles and I discussed it, and he said, listen, let's take the heat off this guy. I mean, he had a good first season. We don't want him to worry about it. And we gave him an extension in early November at the darkest hour, perhaps, of our season. Um, to the team's credit, to Peter's credit, we dug out of it for a while. And, but by the end of the season, we 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 turned into a team that was, I think, a shadow of what we thought it could have been. We looked like we were we were disinterested. Uh, and Peter and I talked about this. He he would freely admit that in the last quarter of the season, three out of four games we weren't ready to go. We were taking undisciplined penalties. We were we were and we were unsuccessful in terms of the surely in terms of the record. But that to me, is not what, what brought about this change. The change was brought about because I think he wasn't able to put into effect a system. They were not listening to him. We had, a, we had, we had public bickering. We had private bickering. Did you allow him? Mike, let me ask you this. Did, you talk about breakdown of communication. <clears throat> we're talking with Mike Milbury. Breakdown of communication with the players and a lot of that. Did you allow a, a situation, and did the owner allow a situation where the players had a direct line of communication to you and to the owner, which is deadly to any coach? It, it, was that allowed? Um, I, believe me, we, talk, we try to make it as open as possible, but was there second-guessing of Peter to the, to, the, uh, to the manager? Or are they allowed to come complain? No, no, that wasn't the issue. At the end of the season, we had, I conducted, in fact, my fault in this was, and I, I should have, I should have been more involved from the beginning. You know, I went to Peter with my issues. I went to him with, with uh, you know, let's do this on the power play. Let's settle in on a system. But I think Peter, headstrong, had a good first year. Don't blame him. You've got to have an ego in this business. I'm glad he, he did and still does. Um, I wish I had been more involved in some of the decisions that were made. Why isn't, but, he, allowed, why, why isn't he salvageable for a third year? A guy who showed promise, you'd admit he showed promise. I agree that he showed why, promise. Why, why he, wouldn't you try to salvage this guy for a third year and maybe be, see if he becomes a big coach? Because I believe that the team had tuned him out, and he's going to try to, he's going to, try to wipe the slate clean, and I don't believe that that's possible. And I'm talking to people uh, about what happens when a team loses contact with a coach 
what happens to, you know, how can, can he get them back? By and large, the answer is no. And the answer is only yes when there's a massive personnel change. Right. I'd like to, believe me, I, the last place I want to be today is sitting here talking to you guys about this. The easy thing for me is to let it slide, let him go, because it would have been politically correct thing to do. Mike, but how I many don't co- think it was good for the organization, and that's ultimately what I'm here to do is to try to do what I think what I think is right for the organization. Mike, let's hire and uh, add them up for me. How many coaches have you <clears> hired <throat> and fired here since you've been a general manager of the Angels, <clears throat> including yourself, by the way? Um, the head coaches have been, not counting the interim coaches, Chris. Well, I got to count them four. because they're, they're, no, no, they're no, part no, of no. it. Don't count them because they were there because I'm not going to count the coach who was. I'm not going to count the coach who was here when you got the job. If you want, but I'm telling you that the head. I have to count. I mean, go ahead. You can then put an asterisk beside him. Absolutely not. You You put him in as an interim, then you fired him. I got to count that. How many coaches, Chris? How many coaches have the New Jersey Devils had in the last? They won two cups for goodness' sake. How many coaches have the have the Anaheim Ducks had in the last? And they're in a cup final with this That's with this right. guy they, they brought in the here. Finals last year. How many of the Rangers have? We don't live in there. Well, well, listen, you, we're not talking. Uh, Mike, I'm talking about your track really? record. How many coaches? I asked a simple question. I'm asking you. How I'm many coaches you have you hired and fired since you've been an Islander general manager? Give me count them up I, for me. I have hired head coaches, not interim coaches. You figure out the interim coaches. I've hired myself, Rick Bonus, Butch Goring, and Peter Laviette. Laviolette in the eight years that I'm here. And now, and, and now this Sterling means, makes five. Five. And how many interim coaches? my ninth year. And how many, how many interim coaches? There were coaches? two other interim Hold coaches. And so, they were so, Mike, let me get this straight. You've been the general manager of the New York Islanders, and in your nine years, you have had, under your tutelage, seven coaches. That is a disgrace. That's the way you Chris. That's I mean, uh, you can't but be the general manager if you put seven guys in. Seven. Not three, not two, seven people. How do you get a chance to make this change? Come on, seven coaches in nine years? That's not Good. right. You don't, want, you don't want an organization that way. If you have another way. question, Chris, ask it. I just if you did. have another question, you got the answer, so let's move well, how, on. How would you, you, well, how would you answer that? Do you think seven coaches in your nine years I've is acceptable? We've had four head coaches. Steve Sterling makes five. And you've had two in a row. ninth year. The, the, and the, fact interim, of the that's, matter is that's the nature of the business. Well, seven coaches in nine years. Question, if you have another question, ask it. Uh, you're drafting. Uh, do, do, if I go look at – no, I don't even – I don't have a book in front of me. I'm just going to ask it overall. If I go look at Mike Milbury's track record drafting, and if I was just a, a, a talent evaluator in the NHL, would I be impressed? I don't think you'd be – I don't think you'd be disheartened at all. I think that the drafting has been has been good. Have we made mistakes? Yeah, it's a crapshoot with with eighteen year old players. But we've had we've put together enough assets that we've been able to acquire different people. We haven't kept them all, but you're going to see a bunch more that are joining our team this year. We'll have at least three or four more that are ready to, including Di Pietro, including Maple Toft, including Goddard, that will join our team in, in, in all likelihood in the fall. And and I'm I'm not embarrassed at all about the drafting. Do you take culpability in Lavalette's failure here in your eyes? No question. Well, what's your culpability? I, I think that what happened from my perspective was that I let, I let Peter do his own thing. I let him go down the path. I saw problems coming up. At that point, Peter already wanted to do it as totally his own way, wasn't listening. Not that, he, not that I have all the right answers, but when I, I've been around long enough where I can see some warning signals, when I can see 
players that are that are not responding. When I can see the bottom third of the lineup that's tuned him out, we had players that would, were tuned out, and he we talked about it. We talked about it at the conclusion of the season, and he freely admits that there were players that he lost, and and there were times when I should have. How about Pete, stop, stop how, this? Don't go go a different direction because you, you're you're going to lose these guys, and it's. Well nigh impossible to get him back. And, well, I, and I felt I let him down. A, a guy that didn't have NHL experience or background as a player or very, very little as a coach. And, uh, you know, I left him to sink or swim, which is a, a lot of managers do. But I think I should have been more involved with it. Uh, how do you allow a team that has not really overachieved at all, that doesn't have any huge stars on it, that has a guy making 84 million who scores 16 to 20 goals, who has Pekka, who did nothing second half of the year. How do you allow those kinds of, let's face it, average hockey players, how do you allow those kind of players to dictate while I've, the coach has lost me? I can't talk to the coach. If it's Wayne Gretzky telling you that, eh, you got something. If it's Michael Jordan telling you that, you got something. If it's Shaq, Kobe, Mario Lemieux, you got something. You got a lot of average players telling you don't like the head coach. That's a major problem. Well, Chris, first of all, you've made a, a quantum leap to a conclusion that the, those those are the only reasons why that we're making a change. I mean, I'm seeing things on the ice without talking to any one of them that makes a difference to me. I'm seeing the results of what was Lavalette a good on. coach for you or a bad coach for you? Um, he, he has nothing to be embarrassed about in terms of the overall record. I think in the end. Uh, you know, he can move on and hold his head high. I think he'll get another chance to do the job. I think he'll get a fresh start. I think he'll learn. I think we're, we're together as an organization, as we always do, had a modicum of success, and now we're trying to move on and find a way to get better. But you didn't tell me whether he was good or bad as a coach. Well, there's not all an answer. I wouldn't have made a change if I thought everything was perfect here. Well, no question, I, no question about I, I that. Think, I think. I, I think. But I just wonder after small. after two years, is it sal- I just wonder about making a change again to Believe an unproven to. to an unproven coach. You know, you're not going to you know you're not going to no, Scotty I'm not going Bowman to Larry here. Larry Brown, right? But but Rick right. Carlisle didn't get fired because there was a breakdown. In communication, he probably got fired because they Larry, Larry Brown, Brown was available. No question. But, now, but you, I have. Right. There are not a whole host of uh, Scotty Bowmans out there. I understand that. Forty-year-old range. We made a change for a different reason, and and I have a long history no. with this guy, and I have a comfort level with him, and I think he's going to do. He, he's going to be successful at the next level. Where was your owner in this? Um. Hey. There's no secrets there. He he knows what I know. We have a you know a direct line. We don't have a. There's no president here. That, no, I mean, that, what was his feeling about Lavalette's job? Well, obviously, if he felt differently, we wouldn't be making the change. He's the guy that pays the uh, pays the freight. If he had felt differently, uh, I wouldn't be talking to you today. But I mean, was it a move that you sold him on, or was he uh, was he did he see something uh, he didn't like? You know, I I hate to talk for the guy, but I think he was in agreement with my assessment. Uh, in the long run, I mean, he he, he too is uh, he's somewhat of a, a hockey novice, but he could see the. It, it was not difficult to see the problems at the end of the year. Mike, again, uh, you're getting into a communication breakdown of why the Islanders collapsed, and I don't know how you figure they collapsed. You made the playoffs. You're over 500. I didn't uh, say that they collapsed. Well, you did. You said you won four or five games in your last 22. 
I mean, you, know, you made the playoffs, and in the NHL, that's a successful season. And you said it was a communication breakdown. And, again, I'll get back to the question you haven't answered yet. How do you allow – it's not like you have Wayne Gretzky in a team. How do you allow, let's face it, mediocre talent? How do you allow these players to dictate to you, <clears throat> I don't like the coach, I can't talk to him, I've tuned him out, and then you take that and fire him when he's made the playoffs two years in a row? You know what, Chris? I just told you a couple minutes ago that's not the that's not the cause and effect relationship. You're wrong about that. That that's something that you've assumed. You First said of all, here you're twice about your that demeaning. the players tuned him out. That's right. They did tune him well, out. Well, how do you allow the mediocre players we, to tell you that? Are you? Can I finish? Yeah. Ultimately, the, question, the players. Ultimately, the players determine the outcome of the game. If for whatever reason, and they are they are blamable here. They play. They were. They did not act professionally, and they did not play selflessly. They have a lot of blame in this. This is not all about Peter Laviolette. But, but having said that, once that happens, I don't know where else to go. We're going to just pack it up and package it up again and sell something else to them from the same sales pitch. I don't think it works. I'd love to have it tried again. It would have been an easy way to go. I don't think it's the right way to go. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out down the line. But I'm telling you, for the best, for my experience and the best of my knowledge, once once this breaks down, it is it is almost impossible to get it back. And that was the breakdown. And if you talk about mediocrity, Alexi Ashin was a finalist for the MVP in this league. Michael Michael Packer has been a two-time Selkie Trophy winner. We have four defensemen, probably all of them played in an All-Star uh, game Mike, at some point or another. Mike, go there ask Ottawa. players on this. Go team, ask Chris, Ottawa what they, they think. Achieved. Go ask Go ask Ottawa what they think of Yashin. They couldn't wait to get him out of here. He has not played well for the Islanders. He floats in and out of games. You watch him in the Olympics. He floated in and out of games. And although he had some good moments in the postseason, he scored what? I don't even know. Sixteen goals, and you're paying him eighty-four million dollars. Don't Chris, tell me about. Nobody's going to disagree don't, with you. That we don't, don't tell me. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about Yashin who is some great player. For the Anders, he's been mediocre, and you can't If Yashin's got a problem with, with, with Lavalette, and you didn't say he did, but if he did, he should go look himself in the mirror. And if he's you think, ter- but if he's you done think a terrible job here. We're okay by, by making the playoffs the last two years. Well, what do you and want? I couldn't, and I, when I couldn't, it's okay just to make the playoffs. Yes. Look who was the leading scorer on the team the last two years, both in the regular season and the playoffs. His name's Yashin. Let me ask you, uh, how many goals did he score this year? He did not. I don't have my stats in front 16, of me, but he definitely underachieved. Goals. There's no question. Well, you think this we team had a miserable power play? Let, let me get this difficult year. Mike, so did Michael Pekka. You think this team was better than a first-round playoff team, talent-wise? I don't know how good it was. There is, it didn't there is as a team. There is it did not ab- play as. There is I'm no way. Crazy. There is no way. So I don't even know have, hockey. There's no did, way. Did you, have, did you have more problem with where you finished in the regular season to set up your playoff seating or with the, ra- with the round against Ottawa? I had trouble with both. I mean, we, we limped in. You know that if the Rangers get hot, we, I mean, I mean we, we really limped into the playoffs. We, we had no drive, no energy, and when we should have been excited, we were just, we were just dead to the world. And that had gone on for quite a long time. And, and as far as the playoffs were concerned, we rose up and played our one good game. The first game of the season might have been the best game we played all year, actually. Might have been our best game. You played well in, game, you played well in game three, too. We didn't play well in game three, Chris. You, you didn't watch the game well I enough. did. We I was ten, at, and you, and you we played had ten power plays in the first you two got a, you, you don't have a lot of pa- you, have no, you have no big players on this team. 
This is not a big offensive Fine. Will you team. Make that assessment. Do you make that assessment? You got thirty million dollar pay. Thirty-eight. What do you get your payroll? Thirty million dollars. This is not a big. That. This is not a big offensive team. It is not. There aren't too many teams in the league that are that offensive anymore. I mean, you the way the no, game's played. You had no chance to beat Ottawa in that series. You're dreaming if you think you did. Well, we'll never know how close we could have come if we had played the way we played in the first game. We were good enough to beat them in game one, Chris. Why weren't we good enough to beat them in game because two? Because it's one game. It's a seven-game right, series. But if you're good enough to play, and if you're motivated, and you're disciplined and you're conditioned, and you maximize your talent. Let me get this correct. Maybe you get you, there. You think that you guys, top to bottom, had the same uh, roster that the Ottawa Senators did? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asserting that. I'm telling you that we as a team did not play as a team and didn't reach our potential. Could we have moved on? Yeah, I think we Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.